It's called The Science Podcast. A couple of atheists that run this podcast. So I thought you'd be interested to hear what they say. This is only one little bit, it's like it's over half an hour, and I couldn't play you the whole thing because I'd have to have so many beeps in it bleeping out the expletives. Tonight's episode of The Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by Global Warming. Because it's like 120 degrees in Phoenix today. This is June 20th. 2017 in the year of our lord and apparently it was 120 degrees in phoenix which caused at least or more than 40 flights to be canceled because it's too hot for them to fly i'm not sure how that works uh because air density because the hotter air gets the less dense it is the more it wants to spread out which is why they can't fly planes because the runways aren't long enough and that's why in places where it's normally like fucking hot they have longer runways so you can get up to a higher speed so that you get more lift because like lift is good if you're a plane or i guess just in general every lift is good (laughs) this is not an advertisement for the company lift um which i i never i see i live in indianapolis so i never have to really use that only use it like once maybe but anyway uh we should like introduce you because you yes. are you are decidedly not uh natalie newell I'm uh, Natalie. you are i am hira you are hira h-i-r-a yes you spelled yeah. it right h-e-a-r-a-h or something weird something uh, like that you are you are so graciously guest co-hosting with me at least at least we'll say half this today we'll see how long it goes it might it might go for a full hour who knows yeah but it could be just a long banter about random things we'll see yeah we'll see where the evening takes us here but natalie is we'll say natalie's on assignment uh, does that sound <laughs> that's, that's, that's true that's yes. what they that's what they say right yes. you're on assignment whenever they want to say oh they just uh we try to be very official here weren't available today <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, oh, I just set up an awesome segue. Speaking of not being real or available, uh, our God of the Week <laughs> this week is, uh, I guess it's, we, I, I, it's going to be, this is, this has, we can't just do this as like one, one, one and done on this one. This is going to be like a multiple installment uh, where <laughs> we'll, we'll, there's, there's just so much to unpack with this one. Um it's, but well, our, I guess, and technically, he's not even a god. He's just a prophet, uh, Mo, or or Mo. Muhammad, like however you wish to refer to him as. I I like Mo. It's it's super cash, and just like I assume, I assume Muhammad would be just you know after he like you know murders a bunch of Jews all in yep. the same day, just um, chilling, chilling in his cave. <laughs> Fun fact: before, before and after he fucks a nine year old. Fun fact: my name actually is about. Um, it's the name of the cave that he used to go visit. Uh, he used to go visit this cave to kind of go meditate and chill and be away from all that chaos that's going outside. And that was where he... F- <laughs> the, the, the chaos he's causing? Or? The chaos he's causing. And he okay. was like, I'm out. I'm going, I'm I going home. I need a fucking break from this. <laughs> right. It's like when you go onto the internet, stir up some drama and just leave. That's how it was. So 4chan uh, is what you're saying. Basically, he was just like, you know, 4chan. Um, so... He went to the cave, and that's when he had his uh, epiphany, awakening, or 
some acid trip where he realized he was the last prophet um, and a jinn. <laughs> because he decided. <laughs> no, well, he, he uh, an angel, it's a jinn, Gabriel, came down to him um, and told him he was the last prophet. And that's how this came about. It was in the cave that I am now named after. Oh, and and I'm assuming there were lots of witnesses to this to, oh, yeah. to verify his story that does not in any way sound completely made up. So I've actually been to the, I saw the mountain and I saw the cave and you're able to go visit it. And I had the chance to when I was young and I was just like, eh, I'm, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hot. It's kind of a climb. There's a lot of people. Can what, we go back? Uh, what, what city is it in? Or This is near where? Mecca. Okay. This is near Mecca. So I went there when I was like nine years old. Okay. As you do. As everyone does. As, n as nine years old, <laughs> I was like, I don't need anything besides just go climbing up a mountain to uh, be reacquainted with the cave of my ancestors. Yeah, that sounds just absolutely like no part of that sounds good. Like, in yeah. I, I bet there's like nothing else really around to do. And so you're, you just go to this cave and it's like. Uh, here's a cave. Yeah. All right. And yeah, like you just go there, I guess, see it, see how uncomfortable it was, and then just <laughs> go back to your like hotel room or your apartment or whatever, because it's not a very pleasant journey, especially when there's like thousands of people doing it at the same time. So I guess we kind of jumped the shark here a little <laughs> bit. I don't, I don't <laughs> know what, I, I don't know how you jump a shark either. I don't like, that's not, that's not a, uh. I don't know how to, any... thing to do. <laughs> uh, so I, I can't swim. So anything around sharks and well, you don't have to swim. You're long. jumping. You're jumping. <laughs> yeah, jumping. That's true. Is that like you're you're fighting the shark? Like you jump in and like you like jump the, like literally like where you, the shark got jumped. I I wouldn't want to jump, ride next to, it, be involved with. I did not it have really relations on, with the shark. It really depends on what, what kind of shark we're talking about here. Right. Like, uh, There's nursing sharks. Like, great, yeah, a nursing shark would just They're be like... Chill. Yeah. Um, a great white, I'm not going to go around. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like I know all the yeah. different sharks. That's all I got. Nursing and then great white. And there's some in between. Hammerhead, tiger, <laughs> and whale shark. A whale shark. I'll hang out with a whale shark. I'm, I'm not hanging out with They're any... Pretty cool. Any predators of that kind? <laughs> we well, they just eat uh, plankton, so or curl. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, plankton. That's all they do. That's all they do. Just swim around with their mouths open, like <laughs> life goals. Just you... move around with your mouth open, and food flows into it. That's that's without basically any effort. That's me at lunchtime, basically. <laughs> <laughs> just food wherever it is. So anyway, um, yeah, jumping the shark uh, tangent. We kind of skipped ahead here you are i i and this is something that i've not asked our previous guests who i know identify as ex-muslims uh i guess do you consider yourself to be an atheist muslim an ex-muslim atheist or what do you how do you self-identify so from very young i considered myself to be a muslim um and then i had a lot of questions about islam <laughs> and spirituality in general um and it wasn't just related to islam but i didn't see religion as a part of my lifestyle so but i did believe in something so for a time being i was agnostic and um up until like a few years ago i i was that way but now i'm just straight up atheist and um it's just i've been a transition but now i'm an atheist not a muslim atheist or anything like that just a straight up atheist 
Okay, because I know I see people say like, and I don't know. Like again, this is my whiteness coming out. Of I don't course. know, right? Because I, I I can't stop it. It just has to get out. It's uh, flowing out of you. <laughs> flowing out of me. The damn Robinson. Oh. Right? Uh, <laughs> but I don't. I like. Is is there a difference, or is it just kind of personal preference, or does does it actually have different meanings to to different people? It does have different meanings to people. I've never, until even recently, I've never identified as an ex-Muslim. Um, I was raised in the U.S. and I was raised in a moderately um, diverse climate, so I've never felt a large sense of community that some people growing up in large Muslim communities felt. Mm -hmm. So um, when leaving Islam, it's really difficult when you have established your whole life around it, when your friends are Muslim, when you went to an Islamic school where your traditions are based around Islam. So I could see how it is affecting people who consider themselves now ex-Muslims because that's all they've known. And leaving Islam is different from other types of religions because everything about your life has now been disrupted. Like everything you've known to be true is just gone and you have you become isolated. You have you could have no friends. Your family could just turn against you, and you're left feeling very lost. So I see why people call themselves ex-Muslims. Like they don't know what other they don't know atheism. Atheism is just one type of alternative to leaving a religion. But there's many other options. People could go to a different religion or to Buddhism or a higher sense of spirituality. But um, not all ex-Muslims are atheists. Mm -hmm. So I totally get that the sense of community that comes along with religion, and that's, I guess, why people identify with being an ex-Muslim versus any other kind of um, identifying word. So is it more of a, like the ex-Muslim title, is it more for somebody who maybe maybe didn't grow up inside the U.S.? Is, is that kind it, of... It could be, and it also depends. There's large pockets of Muslim communities in mm -hmm. America, um, and sometimes your sense of establishment is based around that. There's a lot of Islamic schools. I went to some Islamic after-school courses, but those were not my day-to-day -day friends. These are just something that I did two hours a day, a couple times a week, but they weren't my friends that I hung out with. These My friends at school were those individuals to me. So when you're going full-time to an Islamic school and you've been taught these things, and if they make you... Um, behave and act a certain way, then that's what you were taught. It's much different from having to do that just like it's a part-time thing. So it's a sense of community that's based around. Um, and it's much harder when you're in a country in the Middle East or South Asia or Southeast Asia where all the laws are based around Islamic beliefs. So if you're leaving Islam, you're pretty much um, at risk of breaking laws that didn't apply to you before because you were following the traditional path. Everyone's Muslim. Um, but as soon as you speak out in any kind of capacity that shows that you're against Islamic belief, you're pretty much considered an outsider and you're, you're a risk for yourself and your family to get hurt. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, nowhere in the Quran or Hadith does it say, you know, kill non-Muslims oh. or people who stopped being Muslim. And this is just for anyone, even if you did not leave Islam. So if you were a homosexual, and you still believed in Islamic beliefs, but you just were like, I'm gay, but I still believe this. You're still considered an outcast. Like outcast. Um, so yeah, and they, and they have buildings to throw you off of. Yeah, all the buildings. And I think it's ridiculous to think that there's only one straight path. And um, if you're not following it, and even the smallest deviation could get you killed. And it's ridiculous. Um, and what's un unfortunate about this is that every... Muslim community, they could point to another different sect of Islam and they'd be like, those are not real Muslims. They're not really followers of Muhammad and Islam. 
And then they all do that to each other, which is coming down to that there's no such thing as a real Muslim. It's all based on their silly interpretations of someone's life in the book that was ridiculous to begin with. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so, the Islam is the story that keeps on giving, and you're just like, okay, and and taking and, and murdering. And, and I, I, I can oh, anyone, yeah. and and I can already hear the but Christianity though. Yeah, but, 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 but Christianity but is is is, <laughs> is just as bad. It's but it's not just as bad right now. Like 500 years ago, it was it, you know shit was shit was a bit worse uh, in the Christian Christianity world but that's not what's happening right now nor is it what we're talking about right now and yeah. if we're going to approach christianity with that kind of scrutiny and and mock it so vehemently and and make fun of it then i don't if anything i think i think even today uh tonight what we've done is been a little a little more kid glovey than what we normally <laughs> it could, do it could get uh very ugly when people talk about Islam because it turns into being afraid or being phobic of Muslim people, which is not the case. The same sense of criticism that's going towards other religions should be applied um, to Islam as an ideology. Um, right. And I think it's not done by many uh, groups of people in America as they want to come off as not racist or inclusive. And well, by doing so, they're hurting people who are being hurt by Islam. And not only that, but it's giving special treatment to somebody right. because of their belief or color of their skin or nationality, which in and of itself is racist or xenophobic. I agree. And it's ridiculous to think that we have a soft spot for religion, but we're so critical of Christianity in this country and how we don't want to have Christian um, morals and values to be the basis of our constitution. But they're so against Islamic uh, belief, but they support Islamic behaviors in our country. Uh, I just don't understand how you could be critical of one and not the other. I think it comes, like like you said, you hit, you hit on that people don't want to be viewed as racist. And exactly. I think many of us, is, let's be honest, we most of our listeners are probably... Uh, Probably more liberal-minded than yeah. uh, than uh, conservative, uh, at least uh, politically. Oops, I just dropped something. Don't do that. That makes for a bad record. Uh, <laughs> I think I think most people, or we'll say most people that use the word like Islamophobic, which is a is nonsense everyone? word. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I think most people that that use that word or are afraid of being that whatever that label means in the first place uh, don't. Just don't want to come off as racist, but also just don't really understand like what they're even criticizing in the first place. They exactly. don't understand the religion. They don't understand just how much awful happens. They only see, um, you know, that in in the U.S., you, you know, about one percent of the population are, are are Muslim, and they don't want those people to feel more ostracized than they mm -hmm. already are. But also, it gets back to people that are on the right and this particularly the far right that say things like we should ban all Muslims or we should ban these, you know, these six countries that are Muslim majority. And mm -hmm. because of terrorism, even though we're going to ignore, you know, some of these other countries yeah. that actually had no big deal. Saudi Arabia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're cool. You're cool. Well, yeah. it, but, but, but also we'll give you a bunch of guns too, because, because it, to be fair, that's not just the Donalds uh, doing, that was a deal that uh, started back in Obama. So mm -hmm. equal opportunity right, right. to, uh, throw shade on people there but when yeah it is it, it, it just 
we're so afraid of sounding like those people and saying the same things. And I think it kind of gets down to we have to look more into people's intent and the why of why they're saying what they do and, and how they're saying it. You know, because we we criticize Islam, but we're not criticizing Muslims. We're not saying let's do it. Well, and and not even not even when we talk about, you know, banning travel. uh, Do we say let's do an Islam ban? Because that's just fucking stupid. The way to empower a group that, you know, and I'm speaking as like the conservative far right that think this and say this, not myself. But the people that say things like that are saying that from from a place of either fear or misunderstanding, miscommunication, or, or, you know, a lot of times just hate. Oh, what really strikes me is that um, the voices of ex-Muslims, um, myself and many other included, are not being utilized um, in the liberal movement. Most mm-hmm. ex-Muslims, their message can be misconstrued and has been misconstrued by the, all, the very extreme right, as in we are also... hating Islam and hating Muslim people. And it's like, that's not true. We do not hate Muslim people. Um, My parents are still Muslim and I have a lot of family they are. But it's not, we want reform. Um, And that's what exactly what the extreme left wants. They want changes. They want changes in our government to be more inclusive to people regardless of their belief. But we have issue with the belief and it's not the people. Um, So it's, ex-Muslims feel a lot of... uh, We've been burned by the left because they're trying to use the voices of liberal Muslims as the picture of Islam. When in the we as ex-Muslims have been hurt by Islam, but they're not using our voices as a source of um, information. It's, we've been burned more so by the left, who would be more conclusive, inclusive to our stories, but they're not taking that into consideration. So we've been we're, we're not going to join the right, but the left is also not being inclusive to us. So it's like okay, we're on our own at this point. And that's why there's a, a lot of Muslim, ex-Muslim people are now tr- out, being outspoken on their own platforms and anyone who's willing to help them. But we're not trying to choose sides. We're trying to have change. And anyone who's open to the idea of um, religious ideology reformation. Yeah, and I think it's people on the far left that use the phrase or term Islamophobia. And... Mm-hmm. I I think it's because they and, they and they use that because they want to differentiate themselves from those on the right. They don't want because, of course, they're Nazis because they are, you know, they're conservatives and, and whatever. Or even even the more moderate ones uh, are sympathizers or fascists yeah. or right. every word under the sun that they could use to attack the right without understanding that there are people that are being hurt by Islam. And I think they're just throwing out all these identity politics terms and these buzzwords that are just out of nowhere. It's like all these terms. I've been called a racist towards Muslim. And I'm just like, I'm not trying to change your personal beliefs, but I don't want your beliefs in my house, in my my life, and I don't want them to affect me. And they shouldn't affect anyone, whether it's here or in Saudi Arabia. Um, and Islam isn't a race in, in, in the first place. But I mean, these same um, beliefs and ideologies and the same killings happen in Indonesia, which is culturally very different from Saudi Arabia, which is different from other parts of the world. So there's no culture behind it as it's really just the ideology that comes from this, that is spread out to so many places. And so we were supposed to (laughs) be talking about uh, a personal story uh, of yours that you told us because we, we met, I don't, I don't really remember how, we came across one another, but I've, we've known each other for... I know how. Ooh. <laughs> I, 
I discovered your page like 2015. I had just graduated from school and I was just going on rants on Facebook on like all of the big like CDC, like FDA, trying to like counteract all this pseudoscience that was going on in these pages. People with their fake news and their bullshit and their essential oils. And someone oh, called. That was before fake news was cool. That, I mean, fake news has been so happening. We're like, like we're yeah we're like the, the og the, the fake hipster, news yeah the hipster fake news <laughs> right um and my favorite was when i was finally called a shill someone called me a monsanto shill because i was supporting the um gmos and i was like finally i'm called the shill i feel so accomplished right now <laughs> um and i think you you wrote me a, a fake little check it was fake of, of shill bucks i was like oh, yeah <laughs> i remember that now i do remember that i was like yay finally earned shill bucks I remember that fun, fun story, funny and very true story. I, uh, uh, today, uh, just, I've been playing around with, with stocks a little bit (laughs) and, uh, I bought, I have like Facebook stock. I have stock in Tesla Mm -hmm. and a couple other places, but I decided that I would just go ahead and buy Monsanto stock today. So I bought, I bought a few shares of Monsanto stock because it's, it's just going to go up, uh, from everything that I've read about it. And, it literally like two hours i'm sure this is just a coincidence but two hours like after i did it monsanto company like uh, monsanto europe has followed me for a year but uh like papa bear monsanto company oh. uh the the verified monsanto uh, started following me on twitter the so blue check mark yeah and so th- that's a thing that happens um but yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that now. That was that was, that was, ooh, like that was two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, years ago. you were you were kind enough to to host uh, my girlfriend and I. Me, my girlfriend and yeah, me. yeah. My girlfriend and me. Uh, that I, English though. Yeah. <laughs> like two months ago, whenever we went to DC. For, you know, it's pretty sad when a, a brown person tells a white man that their English is just fucking retarded. Awesome. Well, that's yeah. We we were talking about ableism before we started recording, and that's <laughs> ableist, and you because you clearly meant that to disparage uh, the mentally. Uh, yes, cognitively I'm, so, I'm, I am sorry, I'm, and, I, and I get, apparently I'm also a racist. So it's like, yeah, just let's just keep adding them while I can. So, <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, are you on Twitter? I, is I I don't know how to what where to send people to do their angry ableist uh, directed tweets to. You are on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm not as much as I can be, but I do see a lot of um, things I want to rant about. Uh, fun fact, I'm pretty sure Twitter is owned like 80% shares is of a Saudi prince. You could you could check that if you want to verify that. So there you but, go. Yeah. So uh, what we're saying is uh, angry tweet at Hira Shab at H-I-R-A-S-H-A-B and uh, tell her how much of a terrible person she is. I am. Sorry. Uh, I mean, sorry, sorry, not sorry, but let's pretend I have some sympathy. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but yeah, we were going to you while uh, the, the the whole point of me bringing that up. Mo, we were talking right. about Mo. Well, we were talking about Mo, but then uh, whenever uh, whenever we were staying with you, uh, we had uh, a few beverages, and you told us this this crazy story about this pilgrimage. That yes. you did, you and uh, yeah, countless, uh, countless other countless, uh, more like a, a million people or so. <laughs> but yes, countless. I, I say countless. You can't then put a number on it. All right, right. <laughs> well, I counted one, two, a million. I counted them all. Well, and that was you were you were telling the story about the cave. This was was this mm-hmm. the same trip? This was the same trip. So this was when I was nine years old. And fun fact, it was in the year two thousand one. 
before September 11th. So mm. I don't know what was a, a what was what was a brewing uh, in the mountains or something at the time. Um, some... <laughs> you mean you mean in, in South Florida and, and a couple other <laughs> couple other well yeah South Florida many parts of Saudi Arabia. What, what was going on? Some planning for the near future in 2001. <laughs> um, but I yes I had gone to the pilgrimage. So before that, I had read the Quran. So when you go to Islamic school, and if you don't know how to speak Arabic, they teach you how to read Arabic. And this is just reading. It's not understanding or comprehension of the language. Just so you could read the alphabet and read the Quran. I did that. And I was like, I'm totally, I'm done. Like, I mean, I read it once, right? Do I have to? They're like, no, you have to, con- <laughs> you have to continue reading it until you become like a memorizer of the Quran. Um, but at the time, I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know what was being read. So as I started reading into the things that I was reading in Arabic and it sounded absolutely insane. The translations was was completely barbaric, especially me as a, a young girl at the time. I was like eight years old. Um, it's like, you can't, you have to be modest. You have to lower your gaze. You have to be doing such and such things. And I was but, just- But but I thought, I thought Islam was progressive and feminist. It, and it's funny because growing up, I did not wear a hijab at home. My parents were kind of on the mod, on the moderate side. Like I didn't have to wear such things. So I wear normal clothes. At mosque, I would put on like a scarf, how they do in other um, South Asian cultures. But it wasn't the full-fledged hijab, how you see today in all those images. So when I was nine years old, my family decided, hey, let's take all of our children to go do the pilgrimage. At the time, I was nine years old. My youngest brother was five five years old, um, and let's go travel to the Middle East to a country where we don't speak the language, where we're going to have to cover up head to toe, and we're going to go to Mecca and walk around a cube a million times. Um, And at the time, I was really confused. Like, you're nine years old. You're just like, I didn't have to wear a hijab all day, every day. Um, Why the hell am I wearing it now? And everyone is like, this is what you do. I was like, I'm not really comfortable with this idea. Um, But I'll do it, fine. There was... And being, during pilgrimage, you do the five prayer five times a day, the prayers. So you would... Did you do that prior to going there? No, <laughs> I didn't. So, so this is just so like... like a fair weather Muslim. So imagine like when, it, when people are trying to say, oh, we're going to go to Disney World. And you take them to like this back alley, dingy theme park that's like <laughs> Ferris wheel is not running. There's nothing going on. This is not fun. You, you lied to me. This is not fun. So you're um, talking about my backyard. Okay, continue. <laughs> so basically, I everything that I grew up as was being like I couldn't run around how I used to. I couldn't. There was no television. There was nothing I could do. So there's like this is a religious experience. You're just gonna embrace it. And I was like, okay. So I I prayed five times a day. I did everything I had to do to be good, like a good Muslim. So I did all that. Um, so in Mecca, you have to do the whole pilgrimage uh, for about a couple weeks, and then you have the option of going to some other cities. So one of the other cities is Minna, and Minna. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And you're supposed to gather stones from the ground and walk about like, a, I'm going to say a mile. It could have been more. I was very young, so I don't know in terms of distance because I didn't know where I was going. You pick up stones and along the way, um, along the way you go to these pillars. And these pillars are supposed to represent the devil. And you're supposed to throw these stones at the pillars and you're supposed to do it on three consecutive days because there's three different pillars so each day you, you go to the first one throw the stones go again to the second and then the third and it was the weirdest experience and not only that this is the place where you hear on the news this is where people die 
this is that place because apparently the construction and the number of visas they allow, they don't seem to understand that you cannot have a million people in one concentrated area where you're being kind of bottlenecked into this region. It's not safe. Um, and at the, at the time I went, there was no like security fences. There was no safety nets in place to prevent people from dying. Um, so, so what is this like you're like it's like in a pit then or so imagine if you've gone into a mosh pit as a small child <laughs> sounds fucking terrifying um it's basically that so as a as a young child you're you're holding on to the hand of your parent surrounded by all these very terribly smelling people because you're not allowed <laughs> to bathe during this time Jesus. that's a whole different story yeah you're not allowed to bathe or cleanse yourself during this period in midna don't know why didn't really care to understand, but everybody smelled horrible. And you and also I'm nine, so I'm I'm you know kind of short. Um, but basically, my siblings and I and everyone individually got lost. Right, I almost got trampled on, and I could have died because I'm nine, and no one was going to help me up. I screamed for my sister; she pulled me up. Other people, everyone got separated. And mind you, I do not speak Arabic, um, so we were all lost hours, and we ended up use. So they have they give you bracelets, and the bracelets. T- Right, have information written in Arabic. So when you get lost, you just show it to someone, and they'll direct you to where to where you're supposed to be going, like to your tent, because you live in tents in this time. Um, so after hours, like the whole day passes, we are trying to find our ways home, and we finally got. I found my father, and I was with my sister. I found my father and one of my brothers. We met up, and then we continued to try to find our way back. My mom and my youngest brother, who was five, did not come back till very late. It was getting dark, and they didn't arrive and my dad was freaking the fuck out because we were hearing the news that people were dying. Um, so when you're freaking out and you don't, we don't have any way of communicating. My dad went back. He went back to go find my brother and my, my mom. Um, and while he was gone, my mom and my brother had found their way back and he came back. And this was the only time I've seen my father hold my mom and my youngest brother and cry like the hardest I've ever seen him cry. And it was ridiculous to think that I have to do all these things to be a good Muslim. And I'm about to die in the process. And I'm just like, that's where my turning point was. Where it's like, I have to do all these things. Um, there's so many people here doing the same thing. And they're dying for something as ridiculous as throwing stones at a, as a, at a pillar. Well, like, and when what does this matter? When you're nine, yeah, when you're nine, you don't even understand. Yeah. Well, it's not doing. even just about, yeah. It's, a, it's not just the understanding of what you're doing. But there are... There is such a, a desire to do this in your life. It's one of the five pillars of Islam, and mm-hmm. one of them is to go do this at least once in your life. So a lot of people who are who can't – this is like a huge luxury to be able to do. You can't simply just pick up your life and go to Saudi Arabia for a month. It's financially so then, a burden. Um, but then also so then you, feel, people, you're, you feel guilty on top of that for not appreciating it. So um, there, the, a lot of people who did get trampled and died were elderly people who are not physically able to complete this. Mm-hmm. So they either died from like heat exhaustion, like either you know health complications, or people who were physically handicapped and they had to be pushed through things. So they they are the ones that are also equally affected, not just like if there's little kids. Because I get a lot of shits like children don't belong there; they don't understand what they're doing. And I'm, and I'm just like elderly people don't also belong there, and they do know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So. I don't understand where that logic is. I don't think it's safe for anyone to do. And if this is what I have to do to be a good Muslim, fuck it. I, I don't want to do this. So that was, at nine years old, that was like my turning point of of questioning everything about Islam, plus the readings I was tr- seeing translated. I was like, this is absolutely insane. And I'm wearing a hijab, so I'm like dying. <laughs> I was like, it's like, why can't I just take this off? And you can't. But it so, keeps the sun out of your eyes. 
I mean, and also you have to wear like. A, so here's uh, a question: uh, You only had to wear a hijab. It wasn't a, a full cover. It was a, just the no. just a little scarf. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was I was going to say like if you I, I imagine though some some women uh, that were there were were wearing the full uh, regalia. And so if they have a bracelet like are they even allowed to show the bracelet or do they have to put it on over their clothing? <laughs> yeah. Because um, like if they show I, that wrist, oh my god, have you seen some of their wrists? Oh. <laughs> that could get your arm chopped off, you know? Like <laughs> is it like a chastity belt for your arm like if you show it it's going to like constrict more? Like I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, this is yeah. I never thought about that, but and uh, so another point, um, another thing that really, really, I guess, it angered me more than the dying part. I guess dying should anger me about to die. Like, but this was, hey, I, I'm alive. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm. Uh, I became grateful to that I didn't die. I guess that's something I, that I got from this experience. Oh, but then I watching out for you. I, I thanks. Uh, I guess he wasn't looking for the other like probably hundreds of right. people fuck, to die. Fuck, fuck those guys. But, uh, yeah, they're they not going to get their money back. So. So, <laughs> so, um, so one p part of the pilgrimage, and it's, this is more optional, is that you go to the other another city called Medina, and Medina is where there's a huge mosque, and that's where Muhammad is buried. So after not we're having to wear a hijab, almost dying, we get to Medina, and you have you're able to go visit his like his gravesite and also his family's gravesite. So then I was like, oh, okay, cool, let's let's keep doing this. Sure. But then this is where I'm also angry because I'm not allowed to do this because I'm a woman. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. I nearly died. And you say I can't do this. And I nearly died because I have to be a good Muslim. And I am still not able to do all the things that Muslims um, should be allowed to do. So I wasn't able to go. But hey, my five-year-old brother gets to go. And what does he need to get out of this? I don't know. <laughs> so it's just that the uh, one thing that I grew up hearing from many people, and it, this what really pushed me to not believe in Islam being a feminist religion or whatever that shit is, is that there's a belief that men and women have the same rights, but men have a further extent to those rights. And I was like, fuck that. Like, if I have to do all the same things to be considered a good Muslim, but men still get an advantage over me, I'm not having that. So growing up, I just was, I checked out mentally, um, but I still had to follow certain traditions. I used to fast. Uh, I stopped fasting. I used to cheat. Um, I think now there's there's now like YouTube videos for people who are trying to um, not tell their parents that they left Islam, but they have to still fast. Like ways to cheat, like uh, like t tips and tricks on surviving Ramadan um, as an ex-Muslim. And, and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, <laughs> I've been doing this my entire life. <laughs> Don't live in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> right. Or they, they hide food and, and it's like I've been hiding bacon bits and vodka in my room since as long as I could remember. <laughs> They make they make for an interesting combination. But basically, I, I checked out of Islam as soon as I realized that I could possibly die for this just to be a good Muslim. And I still have to abide by certain rules that I have to follow. But as a woman, I don't have the same rights. Um, so as for that, I was like out of there mentally. Yeah, and that's just that's just... I, I can't I can't begin to I, and I, I said this when we've had we've talked to people uh, who are just uh, former Christians or or, or uh, former I, I don't like saying the word Jews I feel like that's somehow somehow <laughs> yeah. like has a negative connotation to it but like we say I, yeah. I don't know for we'll say people who are for, formerly Jewish is that is that I feel more comfortable with that yeah, uh, sure. yeah. in, 
talk to them about just like growing up in, or even uh, a few months ago, we had Yasmin Mohammed on Confessions mm-hmm. of an Ex-Muslim. Yeah. And she, she grew up in, in Canada, like a, a mm-hmm. what we consider to be a first world country, like a generally better place to live than the U.S. right now. And, yeah. but she's, yes, especially. <laughs> just <laughs> period. In general, <laughs> healthcare, healthcare, science, no Trump. Um, but <laughs> But it, it just blows my mind that we like there's these places that are just so intensely uh, religious, and it's it's so mm-hmm. such such a such a strong influence on people, and such so controlling of people, and even in places that you you don't expect to see something like that. That's where I, I find it curious to think that where do people on the left draw the line of this is wrong versus this is their culture and this is their religion and we should let them have it because what she has experienced is like completely horrific and mm-hmm. i feel like she didn't have the support even now as someone who is um advocating for reform and islamic and showing the true colors of islam she's not getting the support even when she's having to face an experience like that in well, the and, and western for, world yeah and for like, and for people who haven't heard that heard that or don't aren't familiar with her or haven't heard the, that specific episode she uh, grew up in Canada, was forced into marriage uh, to an ISIS operative, or not? I'm yep. sorry, uh, Al Qaeda. All, all yeah. you, all, all those, all those silly, silly Muslims. Uh, all their different groups are so confusing. Uh, <laughs> that sounds a, little, a bit racist, uh, or nationalist, yeah, or it could, what have you. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, so she's for, she was forced into marrying an Al Qaeda operative who was supposed to be one of the 9/11 hijackers, and like to, to think that she's not getting. Like after like that's a significant amount mm-hmm. of trauma to have to yep. have to have endured and to not get support or like even understanding of people who should know better who who, who should exactly. know what things happen in in uh, you know decidedly more conservative uh, areas but mm-hmm. that's that just blows my mind. I mean, this was right in Canada, and these are the and there's people out there that say hijab is a choice, and it's like you don't understand what people are facing, even within a Western community of people. Um, there's a lot of judgment if you're friends with Muslims or if you have Muslim family members that if you don't wear the hijab. So it's not just like it's their choice. Sometimes they're just being pressured to do so, and it's not by law, but it's by the pressure in their society. And even recently, someone was being someone in Virginia got killed just walking home from the mosques and it's become a an unsafe place for people who wear hijabs and they don't wear a job so it's like there's there needs to be reform internally in Islam to not persecute people um and the stigma of that the hijab is empowering that's complete bullshit Right, it's especially yeah when you have when you have somebody and that's why all these uh you know a lot if not all religions have these traditions or rites of passage mm-hmm. at such a young age, so that so that you feel indebted to the religion, or or you feel like you're Muslim or Jewish. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Judaism they 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 cut a part of your dick off. Like, right oh, in Islam the, they do too. Right. They do that shit too in Islam. So yeah, it's a rite of passage to be like a man. And right, I don't like understand. like from from the very get go, and then that way yeah. that way now you are you are Jewish because we have a piece of your dick now. And, and so you can't, and you can't undo that because that was done without your knowledge or, or right. anything. And, 
And so, so now you identify as that. So now you feel even more guilt if you leave the religion. And if you decide that you are going to go back to the religion, mm-hmm. you're more likely to say, well, I was Jewish from birth uh, because they cut a piece of my dick off. And so now I'm, I've decided you're I want in, to. You're indebted want, forever. Yeah. And now I, I should go back and, and, and be Jewish again. Or, or it's, I mean, there's like you can make the argument for culturally Jewish or, or not, but I should yeah, go back to right. the Jewish faith, the Jewish uh, uh, religion again. So the one thing I've noticed about Islam, and I can't speak for the experiences of other very religious groups of people, but in Islam, what I get from people who are extreme Muslim believers, um, Islamic believers, that one day you'll find light and you'll come back to Allah and you'll you and it's funny because I get these messages on Facebook and it's like one day you'll <laughs> straighten your path and I'm just like I I don't want to be on the same path as you if that's what it means I don't understand so right um I think you in other religions um I think in Mormonism especially like they want to push you out as far as you can or uh they don't want you to come back. They're trying to excommunicate you. Yeah. Islam, they're trying to they're trying to like weasel you back in with like candy and like all these little cute things and they're trying to like everyone peri- cherry picks the the bad parts of Islam as being critical about it. Um they're cherry picking the good stuff and it's like okay, you're not you're not going to win me over if you're telling me I have to go back to wearing the hijab after you're telling me I have to get married to someone of your choice. It's like I you're not painting a very nice picture for me to want to go back. But apparently that's what everybody wants. They want you to find the light in Allah and in the Quran. They will, Allah won't misguide you. Apparently he did. So oh, unless, unless he's leading you to, to a place to throw rocks at something. Also, uh, to, to back up, the <laughs> question that I let get away from me there. Uh, so we're, we're bringing these rocks. We're throwing them a mile or <laughs> throwing them a mile. <laughs> <laughs> So that's another that's another podcast. Uh, we're walking them out with these rocks, throwing them at uh, this uh, basically stone pillar uh, that's representing the devil. And what are there people down there like driving the stones, like picking up the stones and taking them back? I from I mean, okay, I can't tell you that because I didn't make it to that point without. <laughs> <laughs> without um, getting trampled on and almost dying. So as soon as that happened, I checked out. I was like, I don't care what's going on. I'm about to die. Uh, so I mean, we're, I think, we're all in various stages of dying. So like, let's not get yeah. too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> One thing that atheist, atheism taught me is we're all dying, just some are faster paced than others. So. <laughs> we're all walking meat fleshes. Yeah, I mean, and I'm okay with that. That's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I think it goes down into like, a tunnel? Like, I have no idea. Um, but I don't see what this is doing for where me as it? a Muslim. And where does it go? Like, this is this is like the <laughs> eighth wonder of the world, I think. I'm, okay, I don't, I mean, these stones are very small, but these pillars look like they've been, like, taken care of. <laughs> they have seen um, some shit. They, they, no, but they look very in good shape. Really? For, 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 for things that people are throwing stones at. So I'm like, is the Saudi government, um, maintaining these stone pillars that they're the devil is it like a tourist thing for them like hey millions of people come here and we're gonna benefit from this um all these hotels are always you know sold out by travel agencies having people come here um the businesses is booming here so it's like there's a benefit for the saudi government to to continue this process so maybe they're maintaining these stones structural integrity so next year it doesn't look like complete shit and it falls down or something i don't know Um, so you can't even you can't even like get close to them though then 
Um, you could get close, I guess. What I would say, a good distance. Like, there's a huge barricade, not a barricade, like stone yeah, structure. That's, maybe that's it's like maybe maybe like they swap it out like every night <laughs> or something like middle of the night. Yeah, um, and another thing I was always curious about in Mecca, the whole cube, and I was like, what is in the cube? And it's kind of like an eerie feeling. It's like it could be anything in there. And it, just, <laughs> it, it never really settled well with me. It's like it could be like bombs. Not to be and, like a terrorist fanatic, but it's just it could be candy, it could be gold, it could be coal. Like I didn't know what was in there. It was there a body in there? And um, what are we? And that, what when you say cube, what are you referring to? The Mecca, the the Kaaba, the cube that's in Mecca that people always make fun of. Like they're walking around a cube. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So it, there, there, it's it's a actual door. You could there's actual things in there. Um, <laughs> and up until recently, I think it was not like a been told but I, there's stuff in there like uh, vases and stuff like historical fig- things but i thought it was weird that no one was actually has been inside like as a visitor it's like i came all the way here i'm standing outside of a, a closed door cube um, and the door is made of gold so i'm like how has this not been stolen just like little <laughs> questions i had <laughs> i was like i'm not sure and also uh, when you walk around the kaaba you have to do it like seven times so People try to like go as close as they can, and I'm like, is it because that you know the circumference is like smaller? Because if you do it very far away, like you have to do it even longer. And I was like, this doesn't make sense logically to to be as far as away, but they're trying to get up close. Wow, I just I don't but even. You don't want to be close. You don't want to be close. Why? Because that's where the people smell. So <laughs> <laughs> you want as much space as you can. Um, it's not a pleasant time. I did not enjoy it. Um, as a religious, <laughs> religious spiritual. It's funny. Yeah. Um, it actually turned me off to religion. So maybe it did that for me. Well, see, and that's, and that's interesting because having, having what was supposed to be a, a religious, a, a spiritual, uh, whatever, again, whatever that word is whatever supposed to is. mean, uh, having this experience of, it was, it was supposed to do the opposite. It was supposed to embolden your, right. your, uh, belief or whatever mm-hmm. in uh in this unbelievable thing and that's just that's just interesting to me that it has the opposite effects instead what it what it really taught me was that i had to give up my freedom in order to be a good person as a good muslim well and and that's, and that's i didn't understand with, that yeah and that's consi- i yeah. feel like that's consistent with a lot of religions is you have mm-hmm. to give up uh things that are uh you know, essentially human about, about you mm-hmm. and about, about how, how you behave, what you think, how, how you do things and instead adopt these things written by people mm-hmm. who didn't know where the sun went at night. Yeah. Like, uh, in, in when you're going to mosque and women are not allowed to wear nail polish, it's like, this is like the little things we're able to do. If you're wearing a hijab, you're wearing clothes head to toe, the little choices we make to express ourselves are also being hindered. Um, I was in Saudi Arabia when I was doing the pilgrimage and I was playing cards, not like gambling. Cause I don't, I'm nine. What am I going to gamble with? <laughs> it's not like I have anything to do. I was playing solitaire with my brother and we're taking turns and I get yelled at by some woman saying that we're not allowed to gamble. And I'm like, we're not gambling. It's, it's the control of your personal choices and freedoms. And if they do not align with what the Quran says or the Hadith says or anything, it's wrong. And it hasn't adapted in the past 600 billion years that these people are trying to control your lives. And it's, it's a male-dominated religion where they're just trying to control what you do. Um, and this is also coming from a woman telling me what to do. And I didn't understand that I wasn't doing anything wrong, but it was viewed as wrong because it's not Islamic. It's like, fuck this. If this is, not, if this is wrong, I don't want to be right. 
it, to 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 fact check you just now, uh, Islam didn't start billions of years ago. Uh, I mean, well, or or, or I, maybe I it did. Maybe it did. Maybe it maybe is it and always has well, has been. Uh, <laughs> I mean, all, all in, 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 in response to that, all religion has been created. In, Abrahamic religions is a form of controlling people. Um, there well, isn't it, anything not that's even, not written. Yeah, I would say just all religion is like that, yeah. and something something we don't talk about as much because it's again it's one of those things where it's just not as familiar with it. So I don't know. I, I mean, I know it's bullshit because it's re- religion, and religion uh-huh. is categorically bullshit. Uh, but like Hinduism is is almost as bad, if not worse. Uh, of course, not you know we don't see Hindu right. terrorists, but just the, the, the case system that your whatever social class you're born into is because of how you were as, you know, your past life as a Hindu. And mm-hmm. so if you're a good Hindu, now you're in a higher case. If you're bad Hindu, uh, you're lower, or maybe you're even an animal, uh, because fuck you, that's why. But, and so it's so, and, and like that instills this, like, well, I, I can't not be, Hindu, because what if it's true? If it, if it's true, I might come yeah. back as a rat. Uh, but also, the, these people who are of lower social class, uh, I can't help them because that's their own damn fault for for doing for their past life for fucking up before. So it's not my place because because that's not that's just mm-hmm. it's their own fault. It is, and in it, current modern day um, things in India, I follow a page uh, Indian atheists and they post a lot about things that are happening in India in relation to Hindus controlling um, whether other people non-Hindus eat beef or not and people are being killed um, non-Muslims not sorry non-Hindus being killed for eating beef it's like I don't follow Hindu Hinduism why the fuck are you telling me what I could or could not eat just because it disrespects what you believe, why does this have to be imposed on me? So it's like, what the fuck? Like, oh, whether you're Hindu or not, I was like, whether you're Hindu or not, you're being held to such a ridiculous belief mm-hmm. um, and you're being prosecuted for it. And this is for anyone that lives in a religious dominated country, like in Islam. Dare talk anything bad about Islam or question it and you will be killed. And there's right. laws that are in place that protect those things. And so in Pakistan and Saudi Arabia, like, Say anything critical, even the smallest thing, and they will kill you. And their justification is it's an Islamic country. I'm like, how does this make it okay? Because because Allah. Because, definitely. And it's and then everyone says, but they're not real Muslims. They don't represent everyone. <laughs> and I'm just like, um, okay. I, I don't think I could win with anyone when they try to say, but they're not real. But, 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 but Christianity. They are. And who are, yeah, yeah. And who are you to say that they're not? Exactly. Um, I get that as well with myself. They're like, you're not a, you're not a, a real ex-Muslim because, and I'm just like, um, okay. I'm pretty sure when people say you're born into a religion as Muslims yeah, you don't know what, be, Yeah, you don't know what your personal experience has right. been. Let me exactly. tell you. <laughs> and people like Yasmin who ex- experienced something extremely terrible in mm-hmm. the West. It's like, do you not want to listen to a voice of someone who you are trying to also protect by saying that um, the hijab is a feminist <laughs> empowering um, tool is not an I'm like no because um, someone in this country was hurt by having to before it's not even just a hijab she wore a niqab which mm-hmm. is like head to toe you just see their eyes she had to physically be forced to wear that because she was forced to marry someone from Al Qaeda um, and this is under our noses so how is this possible like the the left is failing to represent the true voices of people affected by Islam. So we're we're just like we're gonna have to speak for ourselves. 
<sighs> Man. <laughs> well, on that note, let's take a quick break and we will be back with why we love the internet. This week, the reason we love the internet is, and I don't know what this says about me, that I've been spending more and more time on Reddit looking at things, but it comes to us from Reddit, and uh, I I don't remember the specific post that I found it on, uh, but it was in a comment thread somewhere, somebody linked to it as they do on Reddit, and uh, it's r trees sucking on things i want to be sure i say that correctly trees <laughs> sucking on things and the 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 commentary to it was this is your risky click of the day because i don't i don't know if this is safe for work or not and it 100 percent is safe for i shouldn't say 100 percent, but uh it will say 98 percent <laughs> safe for work um but it's pictures of trees that have uh we'll say adapted to their surroundings <laughs> And are, uh, in, in some cases, uh, the, the top all-time uh, post on it is a two trees next to each other. And one tree has a branch uh, growing out. And the other tree looks like it has a little face. And it's sucking on the branch with the uh, caption, photosynthesis and chill. Uh, my favorite comment on that, it says, not safe for wood. <laughs> Woods. <laughs> Woods. Oh, my. Yeah, and so there's uh, just a plethora of, of of pictures like this where we have a tree that's been absorbed into or is absorbing a chain link fence, um, and somebody carved out like eye holes in it, of course, uh, or a tree that is growing next to a what appears to be a walkway over a lake or body a small body of water, and it's got what looks like a mouth and a little stick nose sticking out of it. And somebody put googly eyes on it because everything is better with googly eyes. Oh, there's one that it's growing over a tombstone. It's really, yeah, yeah that was, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit like, it looks like it's two trees that kind of merged. I don't know. It's just an oddly shaped uh, tree stump, but yeah, it's, it's like absorbed uh, this, this tombstone, like broke, broke off the concrete, like top two thirds yeah. of it. And it's just carrying it away from where it is. So um, the, the the tree, I, I, I feel, agrees with me that uh, burying our dead people is just weird. But uh, maybe the most meta one of this uh, is, and I don't even know how this would happen. Uh, maybe it was a clubhouse at some point that has since uh, been taken down. But it's a like a two by four going through a tree. So it's like a two by four that somebody clearly like cut and like placed uh, on this tree or near the tree. And now it is part of the tree, which is just, yeah. just uh, it's the circle of life. Yeah. Right. That's how it works. Right. That's how we get That's baby trees. We plant two by fours. Is that, <laughs> is that how it works? I'm not a scientist. I so. Uh, I am, and I, that is how it works. <laughs> oh, that's right. We didn't even talk about it. We didn't even talk about like your like like your science cred. Right. So yes, I am a scientist by training and education. It took a lot of fucking years to get to this point, um, and that's one of the reasons why atheism works best for me because I feel like a lot of skills that I learned um, also make sense in real life. It's my knowledge and critical thinking and logic and skills are not just going to be in the lab, which is where I work. Um, but 
if you can't apply this in real life, then it's like, okay, then we're never going to get anything accomplished. Logic and reasoning is what's going to lead people to great things. I wish our government knew that. We'll make great things great again. Great things great again. Um, we'll make great, great things cheese. greater. And the greater things <laughs> make, will be the greatest. Make great cheese again. Huh. <laughs> great. Oh, I... Oh, and on that note... <laughs> Sorry. If you are still um, listening, um, thank I'm you. I'm sorry. And we, we're sorry. Uh, but... I mean, please leave us a five star rating on whatever device uh, you are listening to us in your in your ear holes. Uh, you can follow the podcast at the Science Enthusiast Podcast on Facebook. Uh, follow my page for the podcast page. Uh, Hira is going to be starting a page, and we will share the fuck out of her page uh, once that gets going. And we'll probably have to have her back at some point too because this went really well. Yes. I'm very happy with uh, what, what happened here. Uh, and so so I could tell you what my oh, my page is going to include right now. You are stepping on toes I, right now. You are stepping on toes. You are interrupting my spiel. Oh, girl. I'm an American, and I deserve this platform. No other place. (laughs) Okay. I submit. That's what I'm used to. (laughs) No, no. No, no. Continue. You're supposed to to fight back like hashtag feminism. Uh, No, it's what I'm used to. This is what Islam wants me to do. So... (laughs) And this is this is what white Americans want us to do is just to submit. So, well, you, you have to listen to what white Americans <laughs> tell you feminism is in Muslim majority con- countries. Yeah, I like the the liberal explaining of Islam to me. I'm just like, hmm, you don't say. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. You were you were you interrupted the the white male here to talk about your uh, yeah. what your your page. So if you enjoy this banter, there'll be more of that on my future page where there'll be science, nerdy things, and a lot of bitching about Islam. Yeah. And yeah. you can also follow her on Twitter at, at Hira Shab, H-I-R-A-S-H-A-B. We'll have a link to that in the description of the show or in the show notes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but but also, if uh, you think it's kind of silly for us to like do a show for free and you want to give us gifts of money, uh, you can totally do that at patreon.com slash TSE podcast to get access to early episodes, uh, bonus content, uh, longer things, ad-free version of the show as well, uh, as well as we have a, a VIP-only group that you can get into, and we got about 90 people in there, and it's a ton of fun. Uh, um, but if not, that's cool too. Uh, we, we still like you. We still want you to listen. And uh, you have to listen yes. because it's state law. We're lobbying like vehemently for that. It's Sharia uh, law. <laughs> it's sh- sh- Shabir law. But- Shabir law. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, not, but, yeah. but um, you know, if you so if you want to be just like Michael and Trevor and Nathan and Alice and Cynthia and Michael and Michael and Magnus and Sav, Hannah and Felix and Chris and James and Sarah and Jose, we would be incredibly grateful. Hira, would you hit us with a quote? So the quote of this week and God works in mysterious ways is a euphemism for stop asking hard questions. This is true. This is Who what I that? got. Who said that? Hemant Meta? Yeah, Friendly Atheist. Huh? Our friend over at Friendly Atheist. That's, but uh, this is true. It, it is, because nobody, nobody ever says, well, God wanted that two-year-old to die. Right. It's well God they works just, in mysterious ways. Stop asking why God would do that. Don't don't discuss the problem of evil. 
because I don't have an answer to it, so I refuse to acknowledge it. My favorite is when I when I choose to do nothing, there's like, God wants you to put in the work. But I'm like, if he works in mysterious ways, why should I even put the effort? <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, what if he's working against me? All good uh, things come to those who wait, except for those when they don't. That is the like, definition of confirmation bias. Yeah. And it's funny because my favorite questions to ask my parents, which kind of pissed them off, is like, why do I have to do this? And they were like, because God said so. I'm like, well, God's <laughs> you, a fucking idiot. Yeah, how do you know God said so? Well, because my parents told me that God said so. So, right. therefore, checkmate. But he, he'll write you a Quran in a language you don't understand, but he won't speak to you directly. <laughs> and make you memorize it. He, right. He doesn't want you to accept it literally. He wants you to make your own interpretations, but he's going to work in mysterious ways anyway, so why the fuck does it matter? It's Why does anything matter? Um, oh. matter is matter. Matter is matter, and you matter until you don't, or until... Until you energy. Times energy squared. Uh, yeah. But then it, then you're not, you're energy, and it doesn't matter either. Then you don't matter. Then you don't matter, then you energy, and then... <sighs> then you... Now, now I'm having a... And you're a tree. Crisis. You're I a think tree. that's you're, what... Fuck you, I'm a tree. I'm not a tree, you're a tree. Yeah. I, I really related Check a lot me. to the. <laughs> uh, isn't that from the Notebook? Kinda. If, you're, if I'm a tree, you're a tree. I have no idea. I saw. I've. I, I shouldn't say oh. I, I've seen that movie. I endured that movie uh, <laughs> with somebody I was dating uh, before. Um, I'm I don't sorry. know what happened. I just know there's an old couple, and then she has dementia or something or whatever. And they pretty sure she dies she dies at well they both they die together at the end well, yeah yeah so, because she remembers who he is or he but knows hey. who she is and then they die together because yeah. because uh, really god, though, god, it's, god it's works a, in mysterious ways yeah and i don't view that as a drama that's a success story is it not i mean you ended up she, with each other she remembered and then they got to they embraced each other as they both embraced the sweet release of death god works in mysterious, mysterious ways, ways. See, I always have to bring it back to death at the end uh, because. I mean, that's you know. all it is. It's, there's birth and there's death and there's a whole bunch of shit in between that you endure. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and then you die. That's why. That's why you just enjoy your bacon, drink your alcohol, and move on. Yeah, and I am drinking this. I'm on a strawberry kick lately, so I have strawberry vodka and I'm drinking strawberry lemonade. And I got nothing. And a couple weeks ago, I just pureed <laughs> a bunch of strawberries with the strawberry vodka and added a gratuitous amount of sugar i do have alcohol it's just called ethanol and i'm not supposed to drink it oh yeah because you're in the lab right now yeah, yeah i'm in the lab so i can't be drinking that it's but it's 100 percent. it's 95 percent. it's pretty pretty so good it's like ever clear so it, it's like ever clear i call ever killer never clear because say, have you ever had ever yeah i i that was one of my <laughs> first i can think uh, i didn't i didn't drink alcohol in my really my freshman year and I was I was thrust into social situations where it was it was pressured onto me, and I still didn't really, and I don't know why I didn't. But that was one of the first experiences I had. Was my girlfriend at the time took me to some random person's apartment, which should have been a red flag for me as like uh, eighteen. I think I was still that's eighteen so, at the time. Mm, like, that's sketchy. Yeah, random person's apartment off campus, <laughs> and like, how the fuck do you know this person? Because you're from like middle of goddamn nowhere in mm -hmm. uh, in Indiana, and now we're going to this strange place. But they had, I think it was Sunny D and. And they they mixed a Kool Aid packet in with it and some. Everclear. That is, 
Holy uh, shit, that is the most American. That was disgusting. That sounds terrible. It was gross. And then, of course, because, of course, it's Everclear. So, like, everybody got sick. And I was the only one that was like, this tastes like shit. Like, I'm not drinking this. Can we just eat some pizza? And because I was really fine at at that time. Uh, Like, of course, everybody got sick. And I'm like, well, duh, no shit. Like, did you see how much, like, you were drinking, like, almost straight ethanol? Like, right. But the problem with that is, uh, so I, we bought Everclear as a way to be able to have a house party without having to buy a lot of different types of alcohol. So we were all science majors. Some of us was chemistry, biology, and all these things. We were like, let's dilute this very, very low. We could do the math. We got this. And let's bring it down to like 6%. We did that, right? And everyone kept drinking because they don't taste the alcohol. They're like, just keep chugging, chugging. So everyone had like, cups and cups like probably 10 plus cups of this everclear and we had so much because you diluted it so low everyone is on the floor at one point because they're just so <laughs> fucked up and i'm the only one that's like i did drink um i did grow, grow up in a in south florida where drinking lifestyle is abundant and even though i grew up with a muslim family i didn't um that didn't stop me from doing what i wanted to not in a rebellious way but if everyone's drinking i'm gonna drink too I was the only sober one after having several drinks that I had to take care of everyone. And I'm the Muslim here. And I'm like, how did, how did, how did this come about that I could handle my liquor a little bit better than everyone else on the floor? It was miserable. So from now on, it's called Never Clear, in my view. Um, and because everybody doesn't remember shit from that night. And I had to remind them, like, I had to help you use the bathroom. Like, you physically pull down your pants. Um, so we're never, it's never clear to me. It's never clear. <laughs> Well, Bad times. I was about to say thank you so much for spending an hour and a half this evening talking to me, but uh, after that picture, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I feel like you should be thanking and apologizing to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but seriously, thank you so much. Thank you so much. No problem. I enjoy this ranting. It's my thing. God damn it! See, this is why I don't do this part. This is why. This is why I don't. You need a someone else to do this. That's I need someone else. Of- I need I need a Natalie to do this. Is what I need. <laughs> Fine. Can I be like Vanna White? That's like it's dream. wrong wrong medium. Like I- nobody will know. Nobody will know. <laughs> I just want to be someone with the last name White, so I could be White for once. It's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, <It's>, uh- <laughs> and if if you if you get if you get to do a mulligan on life, like. Be white and male and straight. And uh, what is it? Ableist. You're an abled, bodied person. Well, no. Well, there's ableist, and but then there's like able-bodied. Like yes, oh, able-bodied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ableist <laughs> means I'm just like, well, fuck the handicapped people. Like uh, Darwinism. <laughs> the music you heard tonight was written and performed by Adam Johnson and was used with his permission. You can contact Adam at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com. This podcast is property of Not Narrow or Straight LLC, all rights reserved.